0: Welcome to the Parents Against Vaping E-Cigarettes PAVE podcast, Big Tobacco Messed with the Wrong Moms. I'm Meredith Berkman.
1: And I'm Dorian Furman.
0: And we're the Wrong Moms.
1: So today we have Ruby Johnson, who is a powerful PAVE advocate, mother of seven children, lives in the Illinois area. And we are so thrilled to have you, Ruby. So Ruby, I was thinking back to when we first met and I think that I, you posted your story about your daughter Piper on Facebook and we reached out and started communicating and never realizing, you know, how close we would become and what a powerful advocate you would become. So if you could tell us a little bit about that time, I know our listeners would love to hear
2: it's crazy to think that it's been almost a year. Um, but so this was last August when we were, I was taking our oldest daughter to college. Um, she's the oldest of our seven and, um, my husband was, was back home, you know, with the younger ones and we were driving from the suburbs of Chicago to Colorado. And when we got in the car, she, you know, kind of started to cough a little bit and said that she had pain in her chest when she took a deep breath. And of course, my first thought is like, you've been hanging out with your friends, you know, just just getting the last out of every minute home, and now you're telling me when we're in the car, you know, ready to to make this trek that you're not feeling good. So I kind of thought, all right, well, we'll hit you know like a CBS Minute Clinic on the way and just get you checked out because I don't want to leave you across the country if you're coming down with something. I had zero inkling that it was something serious. Um but as we, you know, drove further and further, she kind of started to shiver and run a fever and just her color was really off and and she was coughing more and just saying that she'd not feel well and um not really eating anything. So I said, all right, we're gonna stop somewhere. You know, and like a typical teenager she's going, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, just we're not stopping. So we spent the night and we had just a few hours left to drive um, the second day to get to her college town. And I was like, no, we are going to stop at a minute clinic. Well, we got almost all the way there and realized there was no minute clinics. So when we got into town, we went to an urgent care and um, that was connected to the university hospital. And, you know, when they took a look at her, they were like, wow, she's, she's really sick, you know, because she's saying, Oh, maybe I have bronchitis or something, you know, and they were like, I don't think so. I think you might have the start of pneumonia. And so, you know, they did a bunch of stuff, and they got her fever down, her heart rate, heart rate was really high. Um, you know, they gave her something to bring her fever down. So got her hydrated, and, um, you know, did some x rays. And surprisingly, her lungs looked really clear. And but this physician's assistant that we saw was just adamant she said I think we're just dealing with a little bit of the start of pneumonia and she said I will let you go back to the hotel tonight but you have to come back in the morning and let me recheck you so we did and when she got up the next morning like she couldn't even she couldn't even stand up to take a shower she's couldn't breathe she was throwing up she just was it was nasty and she so we went back to and we're thinking this day we're we're moving her in okay and so she was like I'm gonna be fine I'm gonna be fine and we got back to the urgent care and they were like mm-mm so they were like you're going straight to the ER so we did and then at that point they did um a CT scan and just in less than 24 hours I mean her lungs were completely full of what they were calling uh you know, they still thought was pneumonia, but they were calling it like ground glass opacities, which basically meant her lungs were just hazy all over and and full of pneumonia, which, you know, I I noticed the doctor kind of scratching his head, like, this is strange. Typically, you're going to have pneumonia on one side or the other. And this is just all over. And this kid is 18, healthy otherwise. And and what we're seeing is like, very low oxygenation, high fever, she's just having a really hard time. And they just kind of couldn't put their finger on it. So They told us that she was going to have to spend the night. Hopefully it was going to be a quick overnight thing. And then she was going to be on her way. And it just spiraled from there. Like no matter what they did and what they gave her, um, it just, she got worse and worse. And so here's like the second doctor that admit, you know, was the one that admitted her. And then, you know, or the second doctor was the one who saw her in the ER. The third doctor was the one that admitted her and he was the first doctor. So they're asking her, you know, do you smoke? And she's like, Nope. And then they're like, but she's telling them, she's saying, I vape. She did use products that contain THC. However, she started with flavored nicotine products and the majority of what she used was flavored nicotine products. And they were like, yeah, that's not what it is. And so it was this third doctor who said, Hmm, you know that's kind of strange. You're coming from the Midwest. We're seeing, we're starting to see these news stories about this, like weird lung thing that's going on with people who vape. And so he's like, I, I mean, I'm not saying that's what it is, you know. But so they get her admitted, and she's just, she's just down, 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 down. She goes, you know, they they have to keep giving her more and more oxygen. She's screaming that nothing they're giving her is making the pain less. And so it was the end of that that night that. that the nurse finally called the doctor and he said that he had been you know calling other hospitals and other doctors and doing all this research since he admitted her and is thinking I think that's what we're dealing with this this um, they didn't have a name for it yet you know now we call it Ivali but at the time they're just calling it this mysterious lung illness and um, her pulmonologist was great and he you know he just kept he kept saying to her like "I, I wish I knew what to tell you I wish I could tell you that I can make this better, or this is how long it's going to take. He's like, but we kind of have no idea what we're dealing with. And we're just going to keep treating you, you know, the best way that we can figure out with very limited knowledge. And I really think that that doctor who did the research and said, okay, we're going to start you on some steroids. Like, this is what we're dealing with. I think he saved her life. And she did end up in the ICU for the rest of her stay because her oxygen needs were so great. But I think them kind of jumping into action so quickly meant that she didn't end up on a ventilator and that we actually got to walk out of that hospital. So it I mean, but it was very scary.
0: You mentioned that that she kept saying I vape and and it wasn't until the third doctor that people said, oh ding ding ding. Did you know that she was vaping?
2: We had found probably, oh gosh, maybe a year prior to that. So like her junior year of high school, um we had, I had gone into her room for something, maybe I think it was like a phone charger or something and found like a little cosmetic pouch. And when I unzipped it, I saw, I had no idea what it was. And I, I mean, I'm not <laughs> ashamed to admit, I Googled it to see that it was like, it was a jewel and the little refills and the charger and everything else. And I was like, oh my gosh, you know, so I, of course, like, I, you know, I'm seething. She's at school and I'm thinking, Oh my gosh, you know, she does not know what she's walking into when she gets home. And I was like, what is this, you know, and kind of gave her the chance to tell me. And she, and of course tells me it's not mine. I'm holding it for a friend. And so Yeah. Which is like the teenage excuse. Right. So I'm like, okay, well, you know, I mean, we've all heard that. Yeah. Oh, of course. Right. It's, it's a classic. And so I, so a couple months went by and I found something again. And and so that was when I was like, Nope, this is, we're not holding a friend, You know, I know what this is. And so, um, you know, we did all the things that we thought were right. We, grounded her. We made her bedroom door stay open. We were kind of, you know, just all up in her business. And, and, you know, she told us that she wasn't doing it anymore. And, um and so, yeah, so I, I did not know that she was continuing to do it. And I certainly, you know, and there's times where you have suspicions, but I certainly had no idea, like the, um the frequency and the okay. amount. And um so she, I mean, as soon as we got in the car and she said like i don't feel good you know she was like i got to tell you something i've been vaping i'm like oh my gosh you know so and so she had seen you know she had seen articles that were out there um where you know they show the black dots on kids lungs and this and that so she's terrified she's terrified before we even get to that first you know um quick care urgent care and was terrified enough that she just, she kind of kept regurgitating it to anyone who would listen. And I was really surprised at how much they, they tried to put her at ease and say, no, 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 that's not what it is. So like kind of laugh it off. Like, no, no, no. You know, because it was so early on in, in this sort of epidemic that was happening as far as kids getting very, very sick. Um, and so I think that it was a combination of just one doctor who, Scratched his head and the light bulb kind of went on, and her just saying it over and over again, um, and and me saying, you know, like, are you sure? Like, she's telling you the truth. You know, is this like thirds? These stories are out there. Um, so I think it was it was definitely a combination, and and I think too, like, the fact that I was going to stop at a Minute Clinic inside of CVS, where you know that's just kind of it's almost like a drive-through of of healthcare. You know, it wasn't gonna. It wasn't going to be as thorough. And so I'm so grateful that it worked out that we weren't able to go there and where she was had much more comprehensive care.
0: So, how did it feel to see your beautiful young daughter who was healthy until the moment you got in that car? I can't even imagine how terrifying that incident must have been.
2: When I look back on that, and it's funny because Piper and I have had conversations about that week so often. And like she says, she kind of can't remember half of it. She's like it, she goes, sometimes I think about it and I, I can't quite, I can't quite figure out if I was, if I'm dreaming it or if that's what really happened. And, and I just remember like feeling like I was going to vomit for a week straight, like just feeling like I, and I'm, I'm admitting alternately terrified and so mad. Like I'm like think, I mean, I'm sorry. I'm a mom, you know, and you're going, oh my gosh, how could you do this? Like, what were you thinking? And then Oh my gosh like and I think and I told my husband this afterwards that the best way that I can describe it is sort of like being like we were swimming in the ocean and we made it to shore and then later someone showed us a video like an aerial view and there were sharks next to us the whole time and we had no idea like that's how what it felt like to me because we found out afterwards like how close we got to a totally different outcome, which, so I almost felt like more terrified afterwards. Cause I think as moms, we sort of have this like built in way of just dealing with it, whatever life throws at us, we deal with it. We don't know where we summon the strength from where we find the way to power through, but if it means that we carry all of it and we just reassure our kids, it's going to be okay. We do that. So afterwards I was like, Oh my gosh. Like that's when I fell apart. Like it's okay now, but Holy cow, we got really, really close to it not being okay. You know, because there wasn't, they couldn't tell us what, what the outcome was going to be, whether that was a really bad outcome or a good outcome. And even after she was able to leave the hospital, they still couldn't give us a guarantee what things were going to look like for her. Um, which is crazy.
1: Right. And so, you know, I understand that, you know, the fear and then the anger at your child for, you know, doing such stupid, silly things. Um, but then as you began to think about it and process it, as, you know, when Piper was better and as you started, was there anger towards the companies or towards the government? I mean, how did you feel about that? Because I know you from you know, when you joined our organization, you're so outspoken and you're so, you know such an amazing advocate. How did you feel about
2: the way these companies were behaving? It's something I always tell my dad, I've always said to him, silence is acceptance. So if you are quiet about something, it means you're okay with it. And so if you're not okay with it, you don't have to be quiet about it. And so I think that's kind of, you know, was was my mindset all along. And I, so as, you know, she's sleeping in a hospital bed and I'm just I'm diving, I'm just pouring through everything that I can possibly find out about what products are out there, what what, you know, cases like hers where kids have gotten sick, but then just even the industry in general. And you know, the truth is we we all tend to kind of live in our bubbles and we're affected by we we really know about things we're affected by, but if we're not affected by it, sometimes we just don't know as much about it. And so I mean I've never been a smoker. My husband's never been a smoker. We've never vaped, nothing like that. And so to, you know, to dive into this and to see such blatant targeting of our kids, I was, I mean, I was mad. I was so mad. And so, um, and Piper was mad too. She was mad. She was mad at, you know, the fact that she believed that these were safer products. Um, And I mean, and I'm not sitting here saying that, that she thought, oh, this is totally fine. Like it's healthy. You know, I don't know that anyone's ever argued it's healthy, but healthier. Yeah. That's, that's been a claim that is so false. And, you know, and her and kids, her age have, have been led to believe that, you know? Um, And so she was terrified at what had happened to her and then thinking, How is this going to affect my life from this point forward? And then thinking about the fact that she not only has so many friends that were vaping, uh, so many kids that she knew from school, and knowing that she had, you know, six younger brothers and sisters that were also targets. I mean, they're they're targets just as much as she is um, as they grow up, you know, and so she was like, I cannot let this happen. anyone else and so that was kind of how it all started you know she just said to me put a post on Facebook and she's like tell other parents what's up tell other kids you know look what happened to my daughter and she said just because I feel like so many kids are doing this so many kids think it's not a big deal um you know and and we all heard you know when they started it's just water vapor you know and and so she's like you have to tell people and we obviously had no idea that it was going to be something that was going to be, you know, heard far and wide and, and sort of what doors it was going to open to really to fight for change. But, you know, when I posted it on Facebook, it's, I think the last time I looked a few weeks ago, it's been shared like almost 600,000 times. So wow. I know, which is crazy. Um, I mean, I still get people, you know, sending me a message saying, I just read your story, you know? So um, I think it definitely uh, did its job to, to reach Other parents to at least have that conversation with their kids or, you know, for a lot of parents, what I've heard is it was kind of like that light bulb that went, oh, my gosh, I think this is what's going on in my house. What's going on in your
0: hometown of Illinois, of Chicago? Maybe you could fill us in about that a little bit.
2: So in Chicago, um, there is a comprehensive flavor ban that's on the table right now and has great um, mayoral support. And um, one of the local aldermen has um, spearheaded that. So that's um, what we're working towards um, right now. And I believe it should be voted on um, in the first week of July. So that's really, really exciting. We know that it's the flavors that are targeting our kids and, um, and, you know, they don't discriminate. It's, it's kids in every neighborhood, um, you know, in every, in every community. And so, you know, as long as these products are, are being sold, you know, we've got, we have a real danger out there for our kids. So we're so grateful for the support that um, that's been receiving and excited to, you know, see it take on more steam.
1: Right. So I think it's so interesting because um, you know, Thankfully, Chicago is looking at this um, as a full flavor ban. We've advocated in other states, New York, New Jersey, Massachusetts, because the federal government has not been um, providing any protection for our kids or offering any guidelines, really. They did ban flavored pod-based systems except for menthol and tobacco flavor. But as you know, they left all the disposables on the market, the disposables are now the new kid favorite, like Stig and Puff Bar, and they left all the open tank systems. So the only way to do it now is city by city, state by state. You know, we have advocates around the country and,
2: you know, we have to get this done. I absolutely agree. And, you know, I mean, I currently have four teenagers right now and, you know, in talking to my oldest son, I mean, they they laugh at at what the federal government rules out in in terms of a flavor ban, which was not much of a ban at all. I mean, they, you know, they knew exactly what they would replace, you know, their, their dual pods with. Um, It it wasn't hard for them to figure out. And, and it's, it's a sort of, um, it's a form of currency for teenagers, you know, I mean, they, they pay each other with, um, you know, with, with, with vaping pods and the disposables. I, are arguably even more popular because there's kind of no evidence left. You know, they can just toss them and mom and dad never find them.
0: Flavored tobacco products are affecting kids in every community and it is incumbent upon, you know, our government, our elected officials, our educate, we've all gotta protect our kids. So thank you so much for everything that you do and for all the things that we hope to continue to do together. And we hope that people will join us by reaching out to us at parentsagainstvaping.org, info at parentsagainstvaping.org. If you want to join Ruby's work in Illinois or Chicago, put that in the subject line or go online and get more information. As you said, everything a parent does, that matters.
2: That's so true. Thank you so much for having me here.
0: Do you have a teen or young adult at home that vapes? This is Quitting is a free and anonymous text message program designed to help young people quit vaping. Teens and young adults can text "ditch Vape to 88709 to sign up today. That's provided by Truth, the National Youth Tobacco Prevention Campaign from our partner and sponsor uh, the Truth Initiative. It's the first of its kind program that helps young people feel motivated, inspired, and supported. While quitting, more than 150,000 young people have enrolled since the program launched in January 2019.
1: The messages include evidence based tips and strategies to quit combined with real feedback from young people. Again, teens and young adults can enroll by texting DitchVape to 88709. Truth Initiative also offers free text messages for parents who are helping their children quit vaping. I myself enrolled in this program as well and would get different ideas and tips to help support my son. You can join the program by texting QUIT to 202-899-7550 or by visiting becomeanx.org to sign up.
0: To learn more about Truth Initiative and its programs, visit truthinitiative.org.